This week's episode is brought to you by ThatKevinSmithClub.com. That's right, man. If you can't get enough of the sound of my voice, then you could surf on over to ThatKevinSmithClub.com, join up, watch Wake and Bake five days a week, listen to Plus One, so much more. ThatKevinSmithClub.com. What are you waiting for? Join the club. Is this where we played last week? Sorry. Let's go! John, it's really great. I really like that song. Yeah, I know. It's don't it's tell, hard. Don't let's. I mean, this is it. Let's talk about how great these songs are uh, that Steve made. Uh, well, you wouldn't know that they were made by him because they're so not like him. Well, they're awesome. And exactly, the thing, the thing they're is, so not I would like never him. Never say that to his face. But this is a this is a place. This is a safe space because he's never going to listen to this. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about how great Steve is. Mm, I think we finished. All right, moving on. Hey, everybody, I just want to say thank you if you're listening to this show. I know that there are just 10,000 new podcasts launching every day. Yeah, pretty much, really. you listen to us is just um, means a lot. So thank you, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you. Yes. I think we're done with all the thank yous. Well, and especially if you're listening without Cassandra and uh, Kruger. Oh, yeah. Know. Well, you just told them that. So now, I know. Now... Wait a second, and now thank the people that are still listening. And thank you. If you're still with us, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Because you, there's that, a couple of old guys who know that they're old, as opposed yes. to Steve, who thinks he's not old. Yeah. Constantly talking about how he's not old. And saying how old we are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's more, more gray hair than either one of us put together. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. So, what are you going to talk about? Oh, that's my it's my show. Oh, that's right. Hey, so uh, this is uh, supposed to be my show, and I had a whole bunch of ideas for things that would require four people, and we've got two people. Um, so that's all right, though. I can so, do characters. I, I know you can do characters, but not really. No, you can. Yeah, yeah you totally can. Go on. Um, so this week uh, in my class, I showed uh, all the president's men, which is from the New Hollywood period, which is basically well, what constitutes New Hollywood. It's a uh, from 1967-ish to 1980, and it's basically when the studios completely gave up and gave all of the control to the directors for a short period of time. And when it was New Hollywood coined? Uh, I don't know. 1968 or no, no, it was like uh, in the 80s, it was like in the 70s, I think. Uh huh. You know, I, I, it might be something I made up. <laughs> John, John invented that in the 1920s. So the golden age of Hollywood basically goes from the advent of sound in 1927 up through basically the late 60s, and then it ended. It was it was sort of 
killed off. There's a studio system. Everybody was under contract, and the studios had like ironclad control over everything. Right. And it was like a a factory that made movies. And then and then television came along in the fifties and into in the sixties. And uh, the Paramount decision in 1949. Educate me. I mean the, the people. The, the Paramount decision was a, actually a decision by the Supreme Court that decided that the studios were a vertical monopoly and they could not, couldn't, it was illegal and they could no longer own the theaters. So they were basically controlling the production mechanism and yeah. the distribution mechanism. So they, therefore, it was a monopoly. Right. So they had to sell all their theaters mm-hmm. um, in 1949. And then, um, and then also the culture changed in the 60s. The baby boomers got all rebellious and stuff and they stopped liking the kinds of movies that Hollywood is putting out. And there were a lot more foreign films that were changing things. And mm-hmm. and we were getting into the Vietnam War. There was a lot of cultural change with the civil rights movement and the Vietnam and the anti-war movement. And the and so um, Hollywood, the studios basically threw up their hands and said, I don't know. And then what really happened was in 1967, the the biggest grossing movie was... Can you guess what the biggest grossing movie in 1967 was? Um, Midnight Express. No, that was that was 1970 or 1969. Oh. It was The Graduate. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is a completely weird movie. It's mm-hmm. such a strange movie. And so they after 1969 the, and then the Antihero. Mid, yeah, and Midnight Cowboy came out in 69, and The Exorcist. And that came, won a, an Academy Award, right. and it was a rated X film. Right. And then also at the uh, in in the uh, in the sixties the uh, uh, Cahier de Cinema. Mm-hmm. Do you speak French at all? Oh sure. No, do you? Yeah. Well, how do you pronounce that? Really, Cahier de Cinema. Really? Yeah. Your French accent is fantastic. Ah, uh, we. Oui. And so uh, it's a French magazine, uh, Truffaut and Godard and but what Andre Andre Saris. Saris, yes. So they they came up with the uh, auteur theory, which was basically that films uh, the singular artist. That that is responsible for a film is the director Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson Welles, mm. or um, we'll sell no wine, or Hitchcock, or John Ford, or Howard Hawks. But Hitchcock didn't write everything. No, that's the point. That he was, but he he he. Every you can watch a Hitchcock movie and know it's a Hitchcock movie. Mm. So he, the, their point was the singular. The John Ford didn't write anything. So now we think of auteurs really as people who write and direct. Right. Like Quentin Tarantino and Christopher Nolan and Spike Lee and Woody Allen. Um, and um, Wes Temple, Anderson. Wes Anderson, yeah. But um, their idea was, even if other people wrote it, that the director was the author. Right. Auteur meaning author in French. Okay. So that idea sort of took hold and, be, and all the critics sort of took, and so by... The late '60s, uh, Hollywood was like, "Yeah, maybe the director is completely in charge." So Let's, the Graduate was the seminal film, you would say. It I was. Mean, the, there were smaller ones before that, I'm sure, but yeah, it was. I think that the Graduate, because it was the biggest money maker, mm-hmm. is like the thing where the, the, Richard Dreyfuss is in that movie. Yeah, that's right. He yeah, is. that's really true. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so really, Richard Dreyfuss is the. Bell weather or whatever. I don't think I don't think Richard Dreyfus would have a career if it wasn't for directors being able to cast anybody they wanted. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, look at it, like he was in the 
biggest grossing movie in 1967. He was in the biggest grossing movie of all time for many years, you know. Uh, you mean Close Encounters? No, Jaws. Jaws. Well, that was, the, that was the biggest grossing movie of all time for two years until Star Wars came along. Mm. But those, I mean, so you look at the 70s and, and uh, you look at the 100 best films, uh, according to AFI, and 25 of them are from this period of time, which is only a decade long. That's because that's when the AF members of AFI. I know, I know. Okay, that's really why. Yeah, these old white dudes are like, mm, I like Tulane Blacktop by Monty Hellman. <laughs> you really can do characters. <laughs> so I, I was, uh, so I showed all the presidents' men as an example of this. Uh huh. Is that Sidney Lumet or no? Who directed that? Alan, Alan Pakula. Pakula. Right. Yeah, I always mix those guys up. No, oh, yeah, it's kind of similar. They have almost no soundtrack. In, I, so I watched a bunch of other movies this week in order to think. I was thinking about changing out that movie, but I I decided not. But I watched uh, Dog Day Afternoon, mm. Attica, Attica, yeah, and uh, Network and Chinatown. Now, how did those hold up in today's world? Like. You know, uh, Dog Day Afternoon was one of the first movies I can think of that had a, that was a serious movie that had a trans character in it. Yeah, it uh, doesn't really hold up. Chris Sarandon, I think yeah. it's Susan Sarandon's brother. No, wife at the time. A husband at the time. They oh, were married. Really? Yeah. They were married? I believe so. Yeah, he he does, uh, it's not, not credible. It's, I mean, he's got a bathrobe on and he holds it to himself and says, oh, you know, it's just really kind of a caricature that's not... Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, um what about the other two? The the other uh, Chinatown and uh know. Chinatown I was surprised cuz Chinatown has a great reputation. Yeah. And I think the script is really good. Uh yeah. But the filmmaking Yeah, uh, and Roman Polanski has, has made some other great films. But that one, I mean I read a little bit about it and he said he didn't want to make the audience dizzy by moving the camera around, which sounds like I was just kind of too drunk to think of anything else to just lock the camera down or something. It was just, it was kind of... Static? It's very static. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, like... Not necessarily, but also it didn't feel like... It didn't It didn't feel great. It, well, it wasn't exciting. Yeah, I, but he does have a way with camera. If you, like, in some of his other movies, you know, there's a yeah. famous stuff in Rosemary's Baby yeah. and, and all that. yeah. I was um, sort of expecting it to be a little bit more visually interesting than it was. But did it, uh, what about of the, like, did it uh, feel timeless? No. No. No, that's the thing is it didn't really feel timeless. It didn't, I've seen, it's it's a film noir, but it's in color, right? But most film noirs that I've seen have more visual interest than this. Mm-hmm. So visually it wasn't all that interesting. The story is really complicated, but, you know, once you take out the sort of incest, spoiler alert, in, here's a funny thing. All three of those movies end with somebody getting shot in the head. Mm. Mm. Um, wait, what was the third one? Network. That. Oh, that yeah, movie. That was written by Paddy Chayefsky yeah. and directed by Sidney Lumet. Sidney Lumet. So yeah. he was he was the, the man. Is he? Did he die in a car wreck? I don't think so, but no. I don't know. Mm. I wonder if we could find out. Yeah, well, no, Does anybody know? No, we'll never Let's know. Let's just assume he did. Yeah. I, you know what? I bet you he got shot in the head. Yeah. Because that's Dog Day Afternoon. He, he uh, directed Dog Day Afternoon like the year before. And they, they neither one of those has a soundtrack. Oh. 
Network doesn't have a soundtrack, neither does Dog Day Afternoon. Now, when you you were uh, very, um, you got sort of like, I don't know what the, the adjective is for that, but what is, uh, when talking about dog, uh, Network. What? Network is amazing. So it holds up. Well, it, it holds up in the sense that the ideas in it are completely I mean, they're astonishing. They're, they're, the, the, the sort of corporate greed in, intersecting with media was so prophetic that it's, it's, it, you can't even imagine that it was made when it was made. Like, it, it totally predicts, like, the media environment that we're in now, including the fact that basically the Arabs secretly own all of media. Right. And almost everything. You know, in ways that we we're not we're aware that of the the Russian oligarchs owning like half of the you know soccer teams in England and you know stuff like that, but we're not really aware of how much money is actually invested all over the world by um, the Arabs. Um, um, I mean, by people from Saudi Arabia. It was Alan Pakula who died in a car wreck. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, a, a, a metal pipe went through his windshield. Oh God! You didn't have to give us the details. I think he was driving a Volvo, but they're supposed to be safe. Windshield's a windshield. God, that's too bad. Yeah, I'm Uh, glad I don't have a Volvo. Yeah, Volvo, 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 Volvo. I guess a word I can't say. Um, have you seen any of those movies lately? Oh yeah. Oh, not lately. But I mean, those are all great movies. Now, Network. Why didn't you show to your kids? Uh, well. Because they're too well. So wait, what? what just give everybody because I don't know if everybody has seen um, Network. Yeah, Patty Chayefsky was a New York playwright. He mm-hmm. wrote this trilogy of movies, starting with The Hospital with George C. Scott, and then he wrote. Um, oh, I never saw that one. Uh, then he wrote Network, and then he also wrote Altered States. Oh my god! Yes, and apparently that was they were all supposed to be tied together somehow. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh. This is pre-internet when I got that. And he wrote a lot of really good early television too, mm. I think. That's what I... I um, but uh, there's a lot of social commentary in those first two. Altered States, I don't know how much is in there. I think Altered States was altered. Well, That uh, was my sense. Yeah, the rumor that I heard is that they couldn't change a word of the of it. So like the, all the dialogue is the same, but apparently... Uh, what's his name... <laughs> Cronenberg? Um, uh, no, no, it was. Um, uh, we'll never know. Still Spielberg? Uh, Man who fell to Earth. What's his name? Oh, Nicholas Re- Rogue. No, Rogue? I, you know what? You, no, no, it's Rogue? Ken. Ken. Oh, Ken. 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 Ken oh my God, we're getting Lara so the, old. Lara the, the white, white worm. worm. Yeah, that guy. That dude. He, that guy named Ken. The guy, director named Ken. Yeah. God, I, if we someone younger than us was here, they could look it up. So this is why I could. I, I hear that there's a way of looking things up now. No, no. This is why I can't do trivia anymore because I, I can't. My recall is not nearly as uh, good. Yeah, uh, so, but anyhow, uh, what, what? Ken Burns. What is, Let's say Ken Burns. Ken Burns. Ken Burns. <laughs> Before he started making yes, he said, uh, yeah, he was like William Hurt, like dear Celeste, I am stuck in Central Park. Turning into eating lamb on this, you know, whatever, like in the petting zoo, reverting back to primitive man. So net, network, uh, do you want to hear about network? Yeah. Or do you want to hear about, so network is this, uh, uh, there's this imaginary fourth um, network. Back then there were only three networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC. And every network had nightly what news. Are those? <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're, they're still around. Um, but you have to, they don't have a streaming service, so you can't find them. But they had, um, 
nightly news that only that lasted for half an hour, and that was it. That was where everybody got their news. Well, twice a night, right? Six and eleven. No, that was the There's, local news. Oh, just the six. network news was just at or like seven. F- oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it was at seven. They okay. had, you had local news from six thirty to seven, and then you had national news, at, and and that was it. Yeah, and most of the country were, they were watching Walter Cronkite on yeah. CBS. And, Walter yeah. Conkright or Harry Reasoner on ABC, I think, or and uh, Brinkley and Huntley and Brinkley on NBC, yeah. and then so U- UBS was the the name of the the fake uh, thing in in network, and the the main um, the, uh, there seems to be some kind of dog. There's some kind of, something something well, terrible know, is happening. He's as mad as hell, and he's not going to take, take it anymore. So I don't remember the the I only I saw this movie like two days ago and I can't remember the guy's name but um, Peter Finch plays this so we'll just call him Peter Finch he plays the uh, the anchor for the UBS news and he's told that he is going to be fired by his best friend who's played by Bill Holden William Holden and um, and so Peter Finch goes on the news that the next night and says and nobody's really paying attention he says uh, and I've been told that I'm going to and they're number four they're number four in the ratings. Yeah. I've been told that I'm going to uh, be fired, so and uh, I have nothing else to live for. So in one week, I'm going to um, kill myself on the air. Thank you very much, America. And so that um, they they immediately take him off the air, and then but then there's this brash new uh, programming chief played by Faye Den- Dunaway. He says, "This is perfect," and all she cares about is ratings. Mm. And um, and wow, so that's so weird. Yeah, and so they they end up. He kind of goes crazy. Uh, he starts. He basically has a mental breakdown, and they put it on the air, and they turn it into this this show where he's the mad prophet of the airways, and they they turn the news into complete entertainment. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. And then um, the spectacle. And the spectacle, and then and then she she has this great idea of taking um, this uh, uh, sort of a version, a fake fictionalized version of the Symbionese Liberation Army back in the seventies. People don't sort of realize this. Back in the seventies, there were like hundreds of, of terrorist organizations. We remember the Symbionese Liberation Army and the IRA and the Black Panthers, but there were also uh, Batter Meinhof. They were actually like uh, in like nineteen seventy three. There was something like a hundred and fifty terrorist acts in the United States, and if that happened now, people would go completely nuts. Yeah, they yeah. Would go and Patty Hearst was part of the SLA. Yeah, Patty yeah. Hearst was uh, was kidnapped. She was the heiress of the, the Hearst fortune. She was kidnapped, and then she was turned into brainwashed, and she actually helped the Symbionese Liberation Army um, rob a bank. And the Symbionese is not a place. There's no... <laughs> Symbionia is not it's, a place? No, Because I, I just bought tickets on... You know, I just got an Airbnb there. I just sent them money. I just sent them all my... Uh, Your Bitcoin? My Bitcoin. <laughs> Your yeah. fake... Your fake uh, currency to a fake country. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. one of the things that uh, that Faye Dunaway's character does is is she she gets excited about this terrorist group that and says we're going to film you and then we're trying to turn turn it into a TV show and it's the Mao the Mao say tongue hour and they they have this hilarious the Mauer the, yeah, something like that and they they have this hilarious uh, scene where these these um, communist terrorists are in a in a, a house somewhere in, in uh, Northern California, and they're going, they're having this outraged um, um, uh, 
negotiation over their contract points and all this stuff. And they're just screaming at the top of their lungs in a kind of like strident way. And it's just so, it, it's so much, it's so funny. Robert Duvall is in that movie playing the, 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 the corporate climber. And Ned Beatty has this incredible monologue about, um, about capitalism. Yes. I saw that most recently. Yeah. yeah it was just it's great. Yeah. It, it was, it was so, like, yeah. In terms of pacing and acting style and and dialogue, does it feel like arch or or you know artificial or does it uh, like that's one thing I, I feel like going back to those movies. It's a sometimes it's it's uh, older movies. It's hard to. Um, this is the seventies though. This is very naturalistic. Uh-huh. That's the thing. It's very very yeah, naturalistic. Yeah, but Paddy is like writing speeches. You know. Yeah, well, uh, the network is is everybody's acting very, very naturalistic, but they have these. It's like there's a scene where William Holden. I mean, this is the, this is the throwback thing. William Holden and Faye Dunaway have a love affair, mm. which is just kind of creepy because he was like 25 years older than she was. I think 25 is really no. Right. It's more like 30, 45. Well, he was a heavy smoker, so he, you know. Okay, <laughs> well, he's craggy he old like, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, and she's just she's just her for perform a foreplay. They're about to have sex, and she's just all excited about the ratings and how she's gonna. And she's talking in this this you know rating speak about how you know she can get this di- demographic as she's taking off her clothes and stuff. There's a lot of stuff like that. It's very 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 funny. And uh, you know, I I highly recommend people watch that movie because. But so then, why didn't you show it to the kids then? Because it's just too fucking weird. And also, I'd have to change all of my uh, slides and, ah. and change the quiz and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. The thing about All the President's Men is that it moves. It speeds along, even though you know, it's... I, that one I've never seen before. Really? Yeah, because really, I know how it ends. Yeah. It's Mark re- felt deep throat. You know, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, apparently, you know, Mark felt he... How, what did he feel? He, he felt uh, very irked because Nixon appointed somebody else to be the head of the FBI instead of him. Oh, really? And so all, oh, uh, you know, and there's a new book that just came out in last the last month about about it. And apparently he was very motivated on getting revenge against that guy, the Nixon appointee, and withheld other stuff that would have been more damning or you know, whatever, additionally damning. And uh, and then, but just put everything out there that made his rival look bad. So I'm going to do what you always do. So who's Mark Felt? Why did you bring that up? He's Deep Throat. He was who's in, Deep Throat? He was, for those of you who don't know, uh, he was the FBI agent who tipped off uh, Woodward and Bernstein, Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward uh, about uh, what was going on with the um, the Watergate. Uh, yeah, he was the source. Yes, he was the source. Uh, and I think isn't he played by Hal Holbrook in, in uh, Hal Holbrook? Yes, in in the, the movie. Yeah, but the, but he was not identified by name because they did we didn't know who he was until after like you know in the 2010s or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't until he died. It was yeah. the best kept secret in the history of uh, anything. Nobody knew who he was. Well, that and my sexuality. But anyhow, um, <clears throat> no, yeah. Well, nobody's trying to find out about that though. That's why it's the best kept secret. Oh, okay. Nobody cares. Hmm. Yep. Okay. Nobody knows my shoe size. I do. What is it? Eight. No. Eight and a half. I thought it was eight <laughs> for a long time. It's actually eight and a half. It's actually nine. Oh, my God. It's just like secret. <laughs> I was, no more. No more. Yeah, but I didn't know that. I've worn long size shoes for decades. 
Yeah. Um, Tyson, I just want to say he was talking about auteurs and he's like, ahem, Kevin Smith, <coughs> cough, cough. Yeah, cough, cough. Um, is Kevin Smith an auteur? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You can, I mean, first because of all. Because he doesn't move the camera like exactly. Roman Polanski in Chinatown. <laughs> Zing, suck it, Kevin. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. He creates really arresting visuals and great dialogue and then plops a camera and records it. Yeah, no, I mean, of course, he's an auteur. Yes. But yeah, that's part of it, is that he doesn't move the camera very much. Not a great visual stylist, but really, it makes, I mean, I think Dogma is one of my favorite movies ever. Because so interesting. Dan Etheridge? Yeah, because of Dan Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tyson also says that the whole Patty Hearst thing gets sent up pretty well in Cecil B. Demented by John Waters, yeah. which he re- recommends. So John Waters, you know, he is really into that sort of world mm-hmm. uh, um, of 70s women um, or 60s and 70s women um yeah go ahead and try and sum up what john waters is into well like because he was he purposely cast patty hearst in that even though she had no acting background in he's Cecil good friends with her yeah but and he was also good friends with uh not not squeaky from but one of the the manson family people and oh yeah and is trying to get her out and you know and this woman has been in prison for 40 something years and she was not implicated in not found guilty of any violent crimes, but she was an aider and a better during that time. Um, but it, it's interesting just like thinking about like, well, what does it take to to be free of your past when you did really horrible, horrible things when you were 19 or 20, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. what at any yeah. age, yeah. you know, what, what is, what is it, what is justice, you know, right. or, or Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, good that's, for a, that's a tough question. I mean, that's you know because apparently this woman, you know, she tutored other. Uh, she was a mentor for other inmates, and you know, she got her college degree and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll never know her name. It's too too hard. Uh, if only there were a way. If only there is a way. If only we had uh, an army of people out in the. So anyway. how did uh, your class take to? All the presidents, men. They liked it. I mean, they—that's—it's a—it's a good one. It's a tough one to watch. You have to pay attention because it doesn't it just speeds through it. And it was made in 1976, and all this stuff happened in 1972. So every crazy how quickly, yeah. Right? Everybody knew what they were talking about, you know. And I'm talking to people who were born, who their parents weren't even born when when this happened. And so, you know, I have to make sure that they understand that Haldeman was the chief of staff and. Mm-hmm. Everybody's really scared of Haldeman. They must have a scary ass. Who plays Haldeman in? in Nobody. I mean, it's not it, uh, the, uh. the 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 antagonist of the movie is the unseen power of the president, which is pretty <clears throat> clever. Yeah, it really works. It yeah. really it really works. And and so it really is all about these two newsmen just like just hoofing it around town. Yeah, and there's like I said, there's almost no soundtrack, and it, 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 it's really cool. Um, I mean, it's just great filmmaking. Dustin really Hoffman, Red, uh, Robert Redford. Yeah, they, and they and it's amazing. They they walk around and they talk to people and they knock on people's doors and you're like you like how do they do anything? No cell phones. At one point, they're trying to find this guy Dahlgren, and so he's like looking through every phone book in the United States. He's trying to find this guy. He finally finds a photo of him getting an award from Humphrey, and he figures out he's in Minnesota, and he finally calls him. And it's like, why is this 
check. Uh, it, why was this cashier's check? And they said, well, it's because I raise a lot of money and, uh, you know, I just gave it to Stans. Stans? You mean the finance director for the committee to reelect the president? Yeah, yeah, that's anymore. Well, I don't, you know, and it's it's just uh, putting these little tiny little things together. Um, it's really amazing. Is there anything that has that degree of subtlety and, and uh, uh, attention grabbing, like, um, you know, where you have, where it, it you're forced to pay, not you're forced to pay attention, but you, you're required to pay attention to appreciate it, uh, that has been successful in, in the past 30, 40 years? Uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm sure there are, there are complicated things. But that's been successful things. though, you It's know. been successful? Because there, there have been great movies, you know, but that you can pay attention to and, but not like, I'm, All the President's Men was very successful. It won Best Picture, right? Um, I don't, I don't know. I know it was nominated. I think, it, I don't know if it won Best Picture or not. I'm trying to think. And we had an, an. Oscars poster growing up on the wall. Yeah. Uh, I seem to remember it there. Um, it's a really good movie. All right. All right. I'll Too bad it. the director, you know, he got he died in a car crash, you know. No. Yeah, yeah. It's he, he was driving a, a <sighs> he was driving a, 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 Volvo. a Volvo and he, he got it it went through his um a pole went through his which uh, apparently you can live through. A lot of people have. Like <laughs> I don't know. There was a guy there was a guy in New England who uh was in an accident and a pole went through his body and um and he survived and then and then like and his name was John Sullivan no, and he's here today no, to d- podcast decades later oh. he was on he was on the seawall in uh, New Hampshire and he got washed away <laughs> so that was hilarious sad. i know it's fucking funny uh, but th- th- i wanted to I, I was talking about these movies cuz i wanted to talk about you talked about geniuses last mm, week yeah. or the week before about musical geniuses and i was wondering if who do you think is a is a a directing genius other than kevin smith obviously yeah yeah uh well i i would say that um i think there are some great directors right now who are making really uh fantastic movies there's uh, Ari Aster, who did Hereditary, and uh, <laughs> did did you watch the whole movie? No, I. And then there's um, well, you shouldn't knock it till you watch it. Oh, yeah, no, I, I think I can knock it. I'll, I'll uh, tell you, I'll tell you what my problem is with that movie and this other one. Um, the one about Midsummer, Midsummer, and yeah, I I watched. The beginning of that one too, and I didn't go on. But anyway, he you know, visually he good. Yep, and uh, like in narratively, it's it's like captivating uh, stuff. I think he's a fantastic director, um, and, and I would say he's a genius. I think he okay. he really really thinks about stuff. And I've heard uh, a couple of interviews with him, and he's just a thoughtful, interesting guy. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Ryan Johnson is is a really super smart guy, mm-hmm. and I th- I think he's very funny, and I love I love all those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Eggers, who did uh, The Lighthouse, mm-hmm. is really awesome. Um, and uh, wait, did my sister put you up to this? Am I supposed to say her too? You you should. 
Uh, my Unless sister, she doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, my my sister, but the one who's not a director. Uh, <laughs> Suck it, Jessica. Nice. One. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, what about what about the obvious ones? Oh, I, I think I, I named. Uh, oh, I, I think um, Quentin Tarantino. What do you think of Quentin? Tarantino? Oh, you know, I think Quentin Tarantino is a great provocateur, and he's a great uh, showman, and he's a lover of film. I don't, I don't love all his movies. That, that mm-hmm. I find there's a lot of, um, uh, I, you know, he has a, a brand and he sticks to it, and mm-hmm. I think that that works for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like his, I like some of his movies, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that I think you can always, well, not always, but so often you can just so much of it is homage. Yeah, and, and I think which is great, and that's fine. But I don't know. I I prefer people who are really, um, are, are more surprising. I guess. What about Christopher Nolan? Uh, not not a fan. Uh, I mean, I like some of his stuff, but it's just it's a little blowhardy, and and you know, I think some of it's long. Um, I like uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, yeah, he's a fantastic filmmaker. I love Sam Raimi. Like, I think those yeah. two, those two filmmakers, uh, and um, George Miller are mm, just Miller. like those three directors understand uh, mise en scène and, and moving the camera really, like, yeah, so so well. If you watch any any of their movies, you just see how much they they move things around and how dynamic they are in mm-hmm. making movies even in, in their lesser movies you know what about uh have you ever seen anybody by tarkovsky because uh, i haven't and i hear uh, he's just brilliant and wonderful but i, I got it solaris yeah yeah right and, yeah oh, no, yeah I, no i i um i don't i'm boycotting everything russian okay that's yeah. fine sorry how about sorry i brought it up yeah how about you oh me yeah uh well I love the Cohen brothers. Oh yeah, of course. Duh. Uh duh. <laughs> I'm a dummy. Sorry everybody. I'm a dummy. Um I really I really think uh Spike Lee is up to something. Uh sometimes he <sighs> swings and misses. Um more often than not. Well, um, what what is your favorite Spike Lee movie? She's No, uh, do the right thing is is one No, of what the has best he done in the past, since. you know, 30 years, you yeah. know, 29 years. <laughs> I mean, what he did do the right thing. I thought Malcolm X was really good. Um, I, I, uh, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of good in some of them. Like, Chirac was really interesting. Oh, that, that I need to see. But there's a lot of like uh, flexing and posing in in his movies that I don't care for. You know. Well, that weird thing that he always does with people walking, but they're actually on the dolly. Well, uh, that's Malcolm X right there. You yeah, know, it's terrible. Uh, but you know, my movie. favorite movie of his is Inside Man. Inside Man is a good movie because it's a story, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and it's it's a thriller, and I I like a good thriller. So, yeah. uh, everyone chime in. You if you if you're not listening live, email us. We'll we'll read them. All right. So here's here's my next uh, question. What is your favorite fictional characters, and uh, and that can be in books, TV, or movies or whatever. And, Wait, can uh, we stick? Can we go a little bit deeper on that? On directors? The directors, Sure, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, why, uh, like... Are, are, Alan Pakula is great. Yeah, but what about... Francis Ma- Ford Coppola. 
Uh, what about modern ones? Oh, new ones? Yeah. Uh, well, um, <laughs> um, like, what do you think about Wes Anderson? Well, I just recently saw his latest one, The French Dispatch. You made it through? Yeah, I loved it. Oh, you did? I loved it. I, I it, it opened my eyes to what he's up to, partly because it doesn't really have much of a story, mm-hmm. but the the um, the it, visually it was just astonishing, and um, I didn't like the cartoon part. Did you watch it? I couldn't. I I watched like fifteen minutes, and I was like, I'm it was very. It's very. I you know, it's very very self conscious. Um, but I really, I I like. I'm I'm the guy who's never really wa- gotten through the Grand Budapest Hotel, and everybody's oh my god, it's so great. I love and, that movie. That movie I love. Yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of movies that he loved, and I I I. The, but the French Dispatch made me go, oh okay. I just sat down with some friends and and watched it, and the the set design. Coupled with the the visuals are just amazing. He's an he's incredible, and uh, and the pacing and it and so. But it's so arch. It's so unnatural. Yeah. 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 No, it is. But I, I guess I guess in that that context, it worked for me in a way that made me think I got to go watch the Grand Budapest Hotel now because I think I think basically for me that movie made me go, oh, I see what he's up to, and so. I am now interested in seeing the other ones. Uh, so you haven't seen Grand Budapest? Hotel. I couldn't get through it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so interesting. Why couldn't you get through that? And why couldn't I get through the, the French Dispatch? Well, because I think I, I would say that the French Dispatch... I want dispatch you to get into is, my head. The, the, I think for me, the French Dispatch... Um, well, I was also at a friend's house and I didn't have a choice. So I just... No. But I, I think the French Dispatch is Wes Anderson at 11. Right. And and I thought that Grand Budapest, so I could just sit there and go, there isn't a story, and it is just it's just the visuals, and the visuals are incredible. And then the Grand Budapest Hotel has a story, and I didn't care about the story, so I wasn't paying attention to the visuals as much. So I think that that's why, that's why I like uh, that's why the French now I want to watch the Grand Budapest Hotel and realize that it doesn't really matter that the story is so. Uh, arch and twee and and cute and I don't care about the people that doesn't mm. matter. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it and um, just enjoy the the visual um, feast that it is. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Bong director Bong Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, Bong Joon Ho, uh, absolutely. Just one of the the greatest. I, I would say I should have mentioned him much earlier. I think. What is it? He, he, I haven't seen any of his movies except for uh, Parasite. I don't know if that's true. You, you've you never seen Okja? No. Snowpiercer? No. No. The well, Host? Did I see? Snowpiercer? It's got Captain America in it. Yeah, I, I, I did see Snowpiercer. All right. Well, apparently it's really memorable. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Host is great. The, uh, memory- host is, the Host is, is a horror movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's a monster yeah. movie. It's not yeah. really a horror movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, well, maybe I'll watch movie. it. Yeah, you should. You should well, watch it. isn't it's it great. about some kind of thing inside people? No, 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 no. No? It's, it's a it's a like a monster movie. It's oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll a, see it then. Uh, yeah, it's but very, Okja, very fun. I, I know you guys love Okja, so I got to see it. Yeah. Just, I was just I was put off by the giant pig thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought, how could this movie be any good? And then, of course, Babe is one of my favorite movies since the movie. Oh, yeah. Pigs. See, and then that goes back to George Miller. Yep. Who's just so so good like, incredible but um uh, director bong he did a movie called memories of murder 
which uh-huh. is a, uh, from early 2000s and it is just a great movie it's a it's a great st- story because it it's very frustrating and it cuz it's about a serial killer mm-hmm. and and i swear oh uh fincher um you know yeah, I, fincher. I, I think fincher like drew on that from for zodiac because they're they're very similar um memories of murder is a, i think a little bit more uh just interesting in tone they're both great movies both like the, yeah f- um zodiac is my favorite david fincher film i really love fight club uh yeah uh, <laughs> um we haven't named any women though yeah exactly <laughs> okay that's john at sylvain bbb that's at sylvain bbb uh, uh you know i i'm oh what about like we there's pt anderson there's um yeah pt anderson uh, i mean i'm i'm not um uh i i think he's good um but i think um i really like punch drug love he did that right yeah, yeah, I thought that was that was and, a revelation for. Uh, it was like Adam Sandler. What are you doing? Why don't you do that more? Why don't you do that? He, he could have. He could be like Bill Murray. Yeah, he really could, but he's not gonna. Um, I don't think. But um, you've got there's like uh, Greta Gerwig. Do you like her? Greta Gerwig. She hasn't um, done that many movies. I, she's only well, done like. I, I thought both of those movies that I saw. I thought Lady Bird was nice. I thought Little Women was kind of wonderful. Frances Ha was awesome, and uh, she's scheduled to, or I think she might be filming the new Barbie film. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was uh, somebody else. It's. Uh, oh, you're right. It's Greta Gerwig. Yeah, Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Uh, I get, you get them all confused. They're all yeah. girls. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to say. I'm uh, going to jail. Women. Uh, oh, you know, Jane Campion is a great director. Jane Campion is a great director. She makes one really good movie every like eight years. But uh, wouldn't isn't is that better than like somebody who makes a shit movie every? Like, I don't even know if it's months? eight years. I think it's more like every twelve years. But um, yeah, I mean, the piano is. I mean, I, I it's funny because the piano is is a completely memorable movie, kind of an incredible movie, and I'm like, why do what really? I remember that. I don't even know what it's about. And um, I haven't, I haven't uh, watched uh, the the dog movie yet. Oh, yeah. What's it called? Dog Memory of a Dog. Dogs Day Afternoon. Dog. I want to go. I. Uh, Snoop Doggy Dog. What is it called? Temple of the Dog. The dog's best friend. Benedict Cumberbatch is is a dog. A dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it called? I have no idea. I don't know what you're talking it's, about. It's a uh, no, power it's, of the dog. It's nominated power of the dog. Power of the, you did know it. You were lying. I am a Isle f- of Dogs. That's what it was. I'm a fucking liar. Power of the dog. Yeah. What was that movie that uh, that Forrest Whitaker was in? Was Samurai Dog? Yeah. What was it called? Uh, Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog. That's what it. That's did did Jane Campion direct that? No, that was like Jim Jarmusch or something like that. It was, was it Jim Campion? Jim Campion Jarmusch. It was Jane Jarmusch. Um, yeah. I, I, now, see, like, again, like, my fading brain is like, I think that's right. W- women have not had a fair shake in Hollywood. It's not a lot of uh, people, women, who've gotten a chance to direct. Oh, it is Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. An auteur. Yeah, yeah. No, I knew Ghost Dog was Jim Jarmusch. I, I knew know. it wasn't Jane Campion. I knew that. 
You didn't have to look it up. By the way, since you're looking things up, do we have a, like a long list of things to look up that we've been talking about? No, we, no, no, no. I'm not looking at it. That's up. the one thing that you looked at. I'm not looking talk. anything up. I don't know what you're talking about. I just pulled just it out of my brain. It came out of my brain. Is that what that was? Yeah. I thought it was a booger. No, no, no. It was an, a it was thought. A thought. It was a mucus-covered thought. Oh, beautiful. These these are nice flowers. That's a really nice vase. Yeah. Talk about the visual things so in front of us. Dan Etheridge. If, if Dan Etheridge were here, he yeah. would say that Hal Ashby uh-huh. is one of his favorite directors. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because of uh, Her- Harold, Harold Maude and uh, Being Help. There. Oh, Being There. Yeah. That's, yeah. Being There was great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Cool. I mean, not Cool Hand. Um, uh, coming Home. Shampoo and The coming Last Detail. Home. And The Last Detail. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Those are some great movies. Did, what was it? He made a Beatles movie, didn't he? Did he make? Did he make? He did. No. Who am I thinking of? Hal Holbrook. Yeah, I think you think of Hal Holbrook. Hal from two thousand one. Yep. Hal Ashby's a great director, but uh, that's not modern. Oh yeah. So we, if 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 uh, if uh, Dan Etheridge is here, we'd punch him in the nose. Uh, yeah. I think Harold and Maude is. I should show that. Yes. That's what I should show. And and you know what? Holy we, moly. Me and the wife watched that a few years back, and we loved it. Yeah, it was just delightful, and it's it's a sh- it's only ninety minutes. Oh yeah, because uh, all the presidents' men doesn't feel like it, but it's two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, which doesn't fit into my class very well. Oh my god, I'm, I'm, I would be so interested if if people find it funny. If if you've seen Harold Maude, uh, let us know. Let us know what you think. Another thing I was thinking about was oh, I want the the conversation is not available. On any kind of streaming service right now. Oh, it's it's Coppola's favorite film of his own that he made. Well, it's got uh, Shirley Feeney in it. Cindy Williams. Shirley Feeney. Shirley Feeney. Is that a person that's other than Cindy Williams? Well, what? that's Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, I know. I, are you kidding? I'm, I'm. Well, then why are you playing dumb, you dummy? I'm not. I'm saying Cindy Williams because that's who played Shirley Feeney. No, it was, but no, Shirley. Shirley. Oh, Shirley Feeney is actually in it. In like the, the character, yeah, Shirley Feeney yeah, yeah. is so. Before she lived in Milwaukee with Laverne, mm-hmm. she was she was part of a. When cons- the red red robin goes hop hop hop, she's in. The, she's the she's the she's one of the couples that that is. That's what she sings. Oh, she does. Yeah, I haven't seen the conversation in like fifteen years, <laughs> which is weird because it came out forty eight years ago. Well, I've seen it fifteen years ago. Oh, I thought you said fifty. Sorry. No, I said 15. Well, I don't know. Get the like, shit out of your ears. So Maybe old. you find an idea in there when you pick your ears. Uh, so Tyson says his favorite fictional characters, Arthur Dent. Arthur book Dent. Book version. Arthur Dent from, what is Arthur Dent? Isn't that Dr. Fate? No, I don't know. Arthur Dent? Uh, Could you look it up? No. I, w- it sounds so familiar. Arthur Dent. Help us out there. Who's Arthur Dent? He's, uh, oh, he's he's the uh, Two Face. Is he Two Face? No, that's Harvey Dent. Oh well, I was close. Uh, okay, it's, Arthur Dent. Uh, I'm gonna it? let it. Who is it? Forty-two. Forty-two. Oh, from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. Oh well. Yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Book version. The book version, yeah. Tyson was very specific. Yeah, 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 yeah. Book sure. version. Absolutely. Fuck Martin Freeman. Exactly. Uh, Duncan Idaho, book version. D- well, yeah. 
Duncan Idaho from Dune. Oh, all right. Pee Wee Herman, HBO special version. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deep cut there. Um, yeah. All right. Those are, thank you. Uh, and then um, for directors, he mentions Michelle Gondry. What has he done for me lately? Um, Federico Fellini. What did, what did the what did Gondry do? He did uh, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Oh yeah. And uh, did he do the Orchid Thief? No. No. That who did that? Um, that was uh, Spike Jones, right? Uh, you but, are right. But you it wasn't correct. called that. It was called the adaptation. Adaptation. Right. Adaptation. God, that was a good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. And then he also mentioned Bruce Bickford. Bruce, Bruce Bickford. Bickford. Uh, what did Bruce Bickford do? He's an animator. Oh, did he do the thing with people ate, ate their own head? Yes. No, no, that's Bill. Oh, it is? Um, Bill. Bill Watterson? Uh, Plim, Plimpton. Plimpton. Yeah. yeah. Bill Bickford. Plimpton. David Plimpton. Bickford. Bickford. Plimpton. Bueller? George Plimpton. Bueller. George Plumpton? George Plumpton. Yeah. George okay. Plumpton. There you go. Martha Plumpton? Yeah. Uh, and that was, on, Goonies? that was on HBO. I remember being like, what the fuck is HBO doing? Because um, What, the Goonies? No, no. Those. I hate the Goonies. Okay. I can't get through the Goonies. It's a terrible movie. Well, Gadget Guy's coming back. Gadget who? The, the Chinese guy. Jonathan I didn't watch Pig. it enough to know who you're talking about. The one Asian guy in the movie. His name is Gadget Guy? Gadget, I think is his name. Gadget? Gadget. That's racist. Why? I, I don't know. I just because he's got all these gadgets. That's why they call him that. Uh, I really thought that movie was terrible. I couldn't watch it. God, it was awful. So uh, Joe, Joe, uh, who's the director of that? Joe? No, no, no. It's not. No, Dick Donner. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, Lethal Weapon. Holy one smoke. through four. Uh, and Chris, Superman. Um, story by Spielberg. Yeah. And uh, written by Chris Columbus. Yeah, Chris Columbus. And it had um, Sam Ganges in it. Sam, Sam Wise? Yeah, Sam Wise Ganges. What's his name? Sam Wise. His name is? Ganges. Uh, what, what was the? What was oh, the, no, I'm Rudy, sorry. Rudy. He's Rudy. Rudy. So, I'm sorry, it wasn't Ganges. It was Data. Data was Oh, his, see, his that's name. completely different. That's totally, not, totally different. Not racist at not all. Not racist at all. <laughs> and now- Data? Yeah. He was in Star Wars, Star Trek, Star yeah. Wars: The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. So now he's uh, in this movie called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh my once. God! I can't wait to see that. Have you seen the trailers for that? Michelle Yao, Yo, Yao, Yo, Yeah, Michelle. Okay. Yao. Okay. Oh my God! It looks so good. So she plays like a billion different characters all in one person. Yeah. Oh, it's do you, so do we even know what it's about? It's yeah. a, it's a very screwy. Like trailer, yeah. it's it's insane. Yeah, I know what it's about. So it's of. those guys who made that that show with uh, that movie with Daniel uh, Radcliffe, um, Switchblade Man. Uh, oh no, uh, no the, something the, man. The television show? No, no, it, it was it was something. It was not Switchblade. Switch man. Army Man. Switchblade. Swiss Army, Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, Daniel um, Radcliffe? Day Lewis. Daniel Rad. Daniel Craig plays a dead body or something. <laughs> Like, yeah, he was, and when he was young, he played Harry Potter. Daniel yeah, yeah, Craig. yeah. But then he died, and and then became starred in that movie. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, it's supposed to be. Well, it looks really interesting. It looks great. And they they 
tapped uh, Jonathan K. Kwan, who who played Short Round and and Data, uh-huh. to to come out of his acting retirement. He was doing stunts and really, yeah. Oh, he was doing stunts all mm-hmm. this time. Yeah, something like that. Cool. Yeah, and so he's he's back in it, and he's super excited. He's says it's his uh, it's the best script he's ever read, and Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, she's the best thing ever. Yeah. Uh, Police uh, Story Two. I don't know. I just love those little Hong Kong Police movies. Story. Season. Police Story. Super Cop. Super Cop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was actually that was that was actually Police Story Three. Super Cop. I think. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah. Am I right? Yep. You're right. Uh, my sister got Jackie to meet Chan. her. Yeah. Jackie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, she's so cool. my, she's one of my heroes. And so she's doing. Um, she's playing like a character that is um has is in touch with all of her multiverse characters somehow and some of those people are have superpowers and are able to do kung fu which she can do but she plays this very meek um uh, woman who works at a i think at a laundromat um and has a very sort of small life but she has to save the universe so it's it's sort of like uh, end game if uh the the hero was um you know, just an ordinary human being and had to do a whole bunch of stuff. So it's really cool. So um, fictional characters. So I'm going to tell you my my favorite fictional character and I'm going to tell you guys a secret. Marty just walked away, so he's not going to hear this. So I'm going to just, but he wants me to pretend that he's still here. So um, so my favorite fictional characters, this is a deep, deep cut, is uh, Barrett Bonden um, from the uh, Aubrey Maturin uh, series, not the movie. Not the movie, which in which coincidentally is played by um, one of the Mary or Pippin guy, but Barrett Bonden is the the uh, coxswain of the of Jack Aubrey in in the books. He, yeah, that's that's what you stopped on. Um, so uh, Barrett Bonden is my favorite fictional character from the books. Oh. Uh, my my favorite. I I have this. I I've I've listened to um or I've read. Uh, all twenty-one of the uh, M- Aubrey Matron books by by Patrick O'Brien Cock. at least five times. I've never read any other books more than once. Maybe a couple other books twice, but I read I read a lot, quite a bit. But those books, I love those. They're my favorite books. They're uh, the Master and Commander is the first one, and that was made into a movie. Um, and uh, but God, they're the best books ever. They're so good. Barrett Bonden is the coxswain, and he's my favorite fictional character. Although. Uh, probably Stephen Maturin and Jack Aubrey are also up there. So they're my favorite characters. But I'll, And my favorite character that people have heard about is uh, Batman, I think. Um, wait, who plays the, the coxswain in, or, or I'm sorry, the, whatever, in Master and Commander? Coxswain. It's, uh, it's the guy, uh, one of the guys who was uh, Marion Pippin. Um, oh, oh. I don't know which one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd, it is Billy yeah, Boyd, yeah. and he's not right because because uh, Barrett Bonden was like six feet tall and huge in the books. Oh, he's very very he, not he, a Hobbit. No, he's not Hobbit like. He doesn't look anything like Billy Boyd in my mind. But still, a great movie. It is. I liked it. I loved it. Okay, good. Did you not like it? Well, it was so different from um, what I had in my head. Oh, uh, and, and they they mashed together a bunch of the books. Um, and I, I, I just Peter Weir knew that he wasn't going to get a second chance at this one. I don't know, uh, but uh, you know, Russell Crowe was not. Uh, uh, Jack Aubrey is 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 a big um, 
not very, uh, uh, very, very uh, intelligent when it comes to um, naval warfare and running a ship, but kind of um, not, not all that bright. So uh, it, it didn't quite work for me. Well, I, you had the perspective of reading the book, and nobody else did. Nobody else did. Nobody else on earth. Even no, I mean, there's a very popular book series, but yeah, I guess so. But they're uh, really they're brilliant. Okay, they're wonderful books. Right. Good, they're fantastic. I love them. I love everything about them. Um, and then Batman. I, I think Batman is uh, is a really great character, especially in the comic books. I don't Wh- think which ones. Uh, the well, basically, since the um, when I was growing up, you know. Oh, so. Well, I I you can really the starting world's greatest de- detective. Yeah. Detective the, Comics episode one or whatever issue one. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Kane. Yeah. You, yeah. you taught him in yeah. in in grade school. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm that old. Yeah, you're, and you're not. No, I remember when you were just a young whippersnapper, and I was older than you. Now, and not so much. Still older than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, by like no, a month. What are the the What are your favorite Batman stories? Start. Uh, I loved, I loved, loved, loved uh, the Dark Knight. Uh, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight. I thought it was just brilliant. It starts out with. This would be a good way to die. This would be a good death, but not good enough. Oh God, that's such a great line. Um, and uh, yeah, everything about the Dark Knight is is great. Uh, the Killing Joke was great. Um, I I really uh, you know so this the one Killing Joke was Alan Moore. Is that right? No, I believe so. I believe so, but I'm not sure. It, it's you know they somebody's gonna tell me I'm wrong. Oh well, no, I'm the one who said it. So, uh, but that was John Sylvain who agreed with me. Yeah, um, they turned that into an animated, you know, like they, uh-huh. they have those all those animated DC ones, and it did not hold up well at all. Oh, really? Yeah, like I mean, Bruce Ballin, is that his name? The the artist. Uh, he's one of my favorite comic book artists. Um, for you know, easily, I can mm-hmm. just find his stuff fantastic, but. Um, the art in those in the animated ones are never as good, and then yeah. it got really kind of creepy, like creepy, with the the Barbara Gordon stuff, the the Batgirl stuff. Yeah, yeah. I really like uh, Jim Starlin the way he used to draw Batman. I believe is who I'm thinking of. He was uh, he was an artist in like the late '70s and '80s. Is really, uh, really tall ears, <laughs> just like really and really dark. He did that that uh, comic Warlord. Oh, he did. Yeah, it took place in a a version of Middle Earth. And oh, really? I didn't hear about yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of lot of um, lot of very skimpy armor that didn't seem like it had any function at all. But yeah, well, there you yeah. go. Red Sonia. Yep. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, what, what is your favorite uh, fictional character? Tom Bombadil. Oh my god! <laughs> Moving on. And we're going. And I mean, the you movie won. version. I totally won. <laughs> <laughs> the movie version. Uh, look it up, people. That is the worst fictional character ever created <laughs> in the history of fiction. Like, even the movie he, version, perfect. Even Peter Jackson was like, you know what? The movies are long enough. That was the thing. I was like, I, 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 the movies were coming out. I'd read The Lord of the Rings back when I was a kid. I'm going to read it again. I'm like, you know, page, page 170 and say, like, oh my God. How this, long does this poem go f- on? God almighty. What the? F- 
I have a friend who's uh, named uh, what's his girlfriend's name? Go- her name Goldie. Goldie uh, Bombadilla. No, Tom Bombadil loves. Oh God, God! Anyway, doesn't matter. Totally awful. So this is a question. When when I realized that the other two guys weren't going to be here, I thought this is something where we could talk about something that won't embarrass them. So what are your favorite books? <laughs> <laughs> What's the book? Oh, I hope they listen. I hope they listen to it. This is this is great. If not, just tweet at them. A- ask them what their favorite book is. What's your favorite book? Um, so one thing I was curious about. Uh, I was listening to an interview with uh, what's a guy whose name who uh, who directed Kong versus Godzilla. Um, oh, uh, the guy who directed Monsters, right? Or the, no, no, the same guy. No, um, it, it's Kong versus Godzilla. It was he, Ron Howard. Yeah, it was, it was Ron Howard. Uh, <laughs> no, Adam Wingard. Oh, I can't believe I didn't know that. I thought it was Fritz Long. Uh, no, Adam Wingard, uh, he's a really interesting director. And Really? Yeah. I've never heard of him before oh. in my life. Well, he directed a bunch of these, I guess, not mumblecore movies, but he did a zillion movies. And like he's part of that whole Joe Swanberg, Adam Wingard, Ty West. They, they've all like... I've never heard of any of these people uh, before. Oh, they've just, they star in each other's movies. Oh, yeah? And they direct... They Are they direct- related to the du- Duplass brothers or yeah, something Peripherally, else? yeah. yeah. I, so, I think Kong versus Godzilla was a terrible film. Oh. Didn't you think it was terrible? No, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. They, I mean, they, all the plot was just awful. I mean, except for when the monsters, I was just like, just have the monsters fight. Because everything else is baloney. But the fight was great. The fights were awesome. Yeah, poor well, that's Hong what Kong. you go for. I know, I know. But then, but then they had it was a three-hour movie, and like an hour of it was Kong versus Godzilla, and then it was two hours of some nonsense with people doing something that with you know the evil plot was just so dumb, and it was just it was just ooh. go get your water. All right, um, you talked about. Yeah, but it, so he uh, got his start making these short films, doing going to uh, these film festivals, and that's like how he met Adam Wingard, and like he made these sort of sensationalistic films, like Pop Skull and A Horrible Way to Die, um, Auto Erotic, and there there are all these like low budget horror films, uh, and. One of my favorites of his is one called "You're Next" with uh, Shari Vinson and Ada uh, and uh, Joe Swanberg, and it's it's like a home invasion thriller, kind of like um, the Strangers. Did you ever see this? Str- oh, you don't watch those movies. No, it's just scary. Yeah, it, I don't want to watch but, a scary but movie. "You're Next" is not really scary. It's kind of a really fun take on those movies, like uh, like. The stream, you know, these movies where just people are like a couple's in at home and they just get slowly murdered, you know, like, <laughs> like I don't know why those movies are so popular. Like The Strangers is just like it's such a depressing, sad movie. Is it the movie where like there's a home invasion and yeah. they slowly torture them? To death? That, that remember when I just said home invasion movies where people slowly get killed? Yeah, when you said slowly get killed, I wasn't sure if you meant like so they get tortured, right? Yeah, well, they don't get. They they slowly get killed, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, tortured, slowly get killed. Wh- why would I want to watch this? Right. <laughs> and so, but yet those movies are super popular. Like People are sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people are dumb and people are sick. Everyone who's not me is fucked up. That's but your next is, is what? really- What? I'm next? Oh, the movie. Is, is interesting because it's about like- the the victims like fighting back and it's a, a pretty fun thriller uh but then you know he went on to direct bigger and bigger budgets you know and they get and the and the, the protagonists got bigger and bigger until they were king kong and godzilla right right he directed death note where he's directing death this giant animated thing you know character and then all of a sudden godzilla and kong and yeah um but he was saying like how he no longer had to rely on being like resourceful shock value director because he could afford to like take the time and like create like interesting visual things and, and, you know, and you mean because he had a budget? Yeah, because he had a budget. Right. And I I thought that was really interesting because he, he's like, Oh yeah, I don't need to be that shock guy every time now because uh, to get people's attention because mm-hmm. I can I've, I have millions of dollars and even though it's the pressures are still the same but you still have you have a lot more money to work with right uh, but I'm just interested in what you think about like when you you you've made short films you've made you made that uh, feature uh, like about that resourcefulness and how like because I guess he was saying like, as a low-budget filmmaker, you have to do something shock value, or else it's just like you're just turning on a camera. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's. What, what do I think about that? Like, uh, I think that's true. I think that, I think that's too bad. Um, and you know, the, the uh, you know, the indie world is full of like, you know, uh, lesbian zombie mafia killers. Um. Lesbian, go on. Oh my God! What this, you just just in one word you made it creepy. That was amazing. You're powerful. I know. <laughs> that was a character. It was a character named Marty? Wait, no shit, shit. Um, yeah. I mean, well, you know, it's a marketplace. That's the thing that's that's funny about movies is they no matter what they cost a lot of money. I made a I made a feature film, one of the very first digital feature films. And I, the only thing I spent really any money on was um, one location and um, feeding people. Um, and it cost $20,000. Always feed your people. And it was, it was a digital video movie, you know, and, and I didn't pay $20,000 is a lot of money. Right. I didn't have it. I, you know, got, I got investing from my father and, and some friends of mine and, you know, and, and I, I and that's like, you know, yeah. My uh, dad didn't like the movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm not really proud of it. Um, but um, and it didn't, you know, it, it, it there were no stars in it, and uh, it was a, it was kind of a, a story about a breakup, and it, there was nothing special about it, and it had no hope of getting any kind of distribution. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta have something. That's really shocking and weird. That's kind of why I think that um, horror kind of works, right? Because right. it's easier to come up with something shocking and weird when your goal is to scare people. It's really, it's not the easiest 
emotion to evoke in a movie, I think, is is horror, is scare, being scared. Right. I mean, people who love horror say, you know, things like, I'm tired of jump scares and, you know. But, you know, with with the, you know, you get something really gory and, and shocking and, you know, I mean, to tie it back to Chinatown, I mean, the thing about Chinatown is is my sister, my daughter, my sister, my daughter, my sister and my daughter. Oh, my God. It's just like, oh, ho-hum. Once you know that, which I just told everybody who's watching, who's listening. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, It's like, why am I watching this movie? Uh, yeah. Uh, so shock anyway. value certainly plays a part. And Roman Polanski, the director of that film, is is well shocking. acquainted with, with shock. He's a shocking uh, guy. And then, but then there's someone like Kevin Smith who does not have the visual eye of uh, Wes Anderson mm-hmm. and is not, uh, well, at least not for his first six or seven movies, you know, did not resort to uh, horror, go, go into the horror realm until Red State and then later Tusk. Mm-hmm. So what, what, was his, what was the difference for him? Oh, I, I think he he's just has a, an ear for... Uh, interesting dialogue and has people saying interesting things and i think the really interesting situations i'm not really sure why clerks um rose to the top of the sort of indie world it it's it's ineffable right it's it's a special kind of something well i i it's it's you know given given what we're talking about i think Clerks is is wonderful and brilliant. I think, but I think, and I think part of it is it was so cheap. It was at a time when you couldn't make movies that cheaply because there wasn't digital video. So right. he, he was working with sixteen millimeter, black and white, black and white, um, and and he just was basically shooting it at the convenience store that he worked at, and but he had enough of a, um, a enough wit and wrote a good enough script. Um, that was clever and different and weird, and it was a it was about sort of ordinary people. So it's I'm just trying to figure out why it became a thing. So if you had twenty thousand dollars now to make a movie, yeah, or, or let's say forty thousand dollars, yeah, what would you do? What would I do? Well, first of all, I'd hire a director. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. You can't back out. You're the director. I'm the director. Well, I have an uh, an idea for um, a uh, a fake documentary. I guess I'd probably do that. Um, Never been done before. Yeah, I know, but it's kind of a fun idea about uh, aliens and aliens among us, and it has a kind of a, a fun, shocking ending. But I'm not going to tell you no, what it is. Not story wise. Oh, okay. I mean, just thinking about genre, production wise, like you know, well, how, I guess would, you, how would, would you maximize your your dollar? Uh, well, I guess I would. Um, you know what? I mean, if you want to get something that will get distribution, right? Or get eyes, get get the next job. I think that's the 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 thing is you want to get your next job, right? Well, given given give, here's the thing. Given given the, the constraints, right? Yeah. Given you have a low budget, so you want to shoot it in a you want to have a small cast and you want to shoot it in one location so you can you know do it really carefully. And, all, and and visually interesting, and you can spend all of your money on the visuals, and you don't have to move around. You can have to do it with a small crew, and you want to do something that really uh, gets at people's emotions, 
right? And really grabs people. And the kind of the easiest thing to do is is something. I mean, the easiest way to to get at people is through dread and terror. So I guess what I would do is I'd have um, a couple that's sitting at home, right? And these the, the the home invasion, and then they kill them slowly. Right. You know, my uncle knows a guy who's got a cabin yep. that uh, is just unoccupied for. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could put on a show. Yeah, your uncle, yeah. Ha- your uncle yeah, has yeah. a cabin. We'll, we'll put up a yeah, and then so we, I would from do the that. money we get from that, we can rent <laughs> into soundstage. Right, <laughs> and so what I would do is um, I would do that idea, except that then they suddenly break into song, so I can make a musical version, um, and that would you know that would that would people would notice that. Yeah, uh, a lion is eating my foot off. That's you know that's how song was invented according to the two thousand year old man. <laughs> You are the two thousand <laughs> man. Oh my god! Uh, Jesus Christ! Cultural references from the fifties. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Good night. I, I mean, that movie. Um, are you avoiding the question of the, your favorite book because you haven't don't have one? Is oh, that, I don't have a okay. favorite. Book. I haven't read a book in like thirty years. Okay. Um, but uh, the Cube. Did you ever see Cube? I think I did. Was, I get I get a couple of those uh, movies com- confused. A, a Canadian film where everyone's trapped in a room. And no, they, I didn't see that one. And they escape to a room, and the next room looks like the the one they were just in. No, which I is I've heard that's a great movie. Which is a such a brilliant way to be like, we've got one room. What do we do? Yeah, and like, oh, they escape this room, and the next room looks. Ju- and we just yeah, I got to see that movie. Recycle the room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? Recycle the room. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Uh. The uh. The other really cheap movie that I thought was really brilliant was the time travel movie where they invent a time machine and you go back in time, like uh, Primer. Primer. God, that was yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Except that uh, director got canceled. Oh, he did. Sorry. Yeah. And then Prospect that uh, uh, Steve mm-hmm. recommended with yeah. the one of the Duplass brothers and they're on a planet, but it looks just like Earth. Duplass. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I. I. Oh, I think that is the best thing is to start with an interesting script yeah and and science fiction is if you don't want to kill people slowly yeah <laughs> or be funny you know you could also be funny but funny is hard well, i don't know i mean it's not you can measure i find it difficult you can measure funny because when people read it they laugh you know um yeah drama i think is harder because how do you measure whether something is moving you know yeah uh well, so, people can cry. Yeah, but that's not the that's not the 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 yardstick for for drama, for all drama. Yeah, yeah. It's also performance. You got to get good performances. Yeah. Well, then go for comedy or horror. You know. Well, you got to do good performances and comedies. Okay, is, go for horror. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just yeah. get some good yeah. fake blood. Yeah. Yeah. You know who yeah. I really like is um, Aaron Moorhead, and um, I don't know who that is. Uh, uh, he's uh, you know what, I, what I really like. I really like you, Marty. Oh come on! <laughs> Nobody believe you. Speaking of bad actors, <laughs> Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, they are directors. They're directing the. They created the, uh, or the directing team behind the new Moon Knight with. Oh, that looks great! I yeah. can't wait for that. That's and they've done. They did some great low budget horror films. Hey, you know, uh, just speaking of things that are great, um, have you ever seen Better Things? It's a it's a show on on FX with uh, oh Pamela Adlon. Pamela, it's so good, 
so uh, audition for it, didn't get it, so oh, I don't watch it. Okay, that's yep. fair. That's yep. totally fair. So most, yeah, if if they've never called me, I don't mm-hmm. I don't see it. If if I've auditioned and they didn't cast me, I don't see it. So you don't watch anything. I watch one episode of Friends <laughs> and I watch two episodes of Grey's Anatomy, and that's it. That's it. That's it. Weren't you on Veronica Mars too? Eh, I can't find it. And huh. and by the way, not a fan. Uh, so, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's tough. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, my viewing thing is li- kind of limited. Kind of limited, but I did see somebody somewhere didn't uh, audition for it, um, but it just won me over. Somebody it, somewhere. Yeah, it's really good. What is that? It's HBO like sort of drama. It's just it, it ended uh, a few weeks ago. Um, Bridget Everett. She's this like torch song singer in New York, but. She grew up in Kansas, so it's basically uh, her, a, a little sort of dramedy Duplass Brothers produced, mm-hmm. um, and just lovely. A lovely, fun, moving, simple story, and uh, very funny, and she's great in it, and, uh, and I, it's perfect for this time, because it's not, there. It, it doesn't challenge you in... It challenges you emotionally, but not in. It, it doesn't sort of deal in in the rest of the bullshit that's going on in the world. So I okay. highly recommend it. It was, it was great escapism. Okay, yeah. it says it's a kind of a new movie, right? Somebody. Uh, it's a, a TV show. TV, TV show? show. Yeah, seven episodes. You know what? You know what? Uh, I I highly don't recommend is Raised by Wolves. Okay, okay. that's good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of auteurs, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bleak and bleak and bleak and just bleak. And well not made? entertaining, huh? Not entertaining. Okay. It's. I don't know if it's well. No, I, I, I want, wouldn't say it's well. I want entertaining. All right. Yeah, entertaining. Wait. So speaking of entertaining, speaking we're gonna dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on, get my into that mail sack. Dip my into that mail sack. What does he say? What does that mean? Dip my into that mail sack. I'm not Dan Etheridge. We'll uh, never yeah, know. That was great. Yeah, that was great. Nah. Yeah. Do we have any mail? Nope. Moving on. Oh. What were you saying? Do we have any mail? Yeah, we do. From Steve Owens. Good evening, kids. I just wanted to reach out and say best wishes, Cassandra, and to ask if you have a bridal registry anywhere, how I might find it. Oh, creepy. I can't exactly search <laughs> Cardenas Mazda Steve. Yeah. yeah. Is that Steve Owens? Yeah. Don't worry about it, Steve. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Worry. she's. Uh, but by the way, Steve, you are one of the most generous persons I've I've met, so I appreciate that. You you are you're a wonderful person, and you're also kind of creepy. Uh, no, in a fun way. Yeah, totally in a fun way, but kind of creepy. And then Zach Stewart writes in and says, uh, "Tabletop games are fun. There are so many. I, yeah. <laughs> Just, is that it? No, he says I currently more- play." <laughs> Warhammer 40k. Really? I've always kind of wanted to play that, but it seemed like like the entire hobby stores that are just filled with that stuff. It seems like you get into it, so, you would uh, spend all your money. Yeah, because like he shared a bunch of um, images that I'm not going to post, but um, I don't know. Uh, Zach, do you have a an Instagram? They're they're beautiful uh, figurines, um, lead figures, and um, yeah, they're great. So he said, here are some of the models I've painted and the games I've played. 
since because his all his D and D groups dissolved. Uh, Warhammer 40k. <laughs> I don't they, know they anything went into about a gelat- it. Gelatinous cube. Is that what? Yeah, happened? yeah, and and a shambling mound. Shambling mound. Um, but uh, there are some variants uh, of it that are um, turned into video games. I think. So oh really? Warhammer? Warhammer video games. And then there's that guy who made Warhammer 40k like like uh, videos. Look look it up. Okay. Warhammer like he basically. Did all this 3D animation and got a huge job out of this guy in New Zealand. Uh, okay. Really awesome, awesome stuff from the sound design, everything, soup to nuts, really great stuff. Uh, and it's just, um, there's a guy who parlayed like uh, a passion into, I mean, he was already working, I think, in the industry, but he he just created great, great stuff. And mm-hmm. and I think that that is um, a, another way to create content yeah absolutely if you can do digital whatever and you know the tools are free the tools are free out there like well yeah they are they're about the the, the thing the thing about the free tools is they have terrible interfaces i mean (laughs) they're designed uh, by a million people and they're kind of but unreal engine is is done by a giant corporation and you know it's free it's free yeah yeah you just can't make any money off of it then you have to pay which makes sense to uh, me. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyhow, like if that's what interests you and you don't have a, a theater troupe living in your backyard, do that. What if you do have a theater troupe living in your backyard? Feed them. That's what John oh, Sylvain yeah, taught me. Right. Feed you them. Feed them, fuckers. Okay. We heard it. You heard it there. Did he have more to say about the. No, that was it. Oh, well, that's uh, good. Uh, uh, I'm, I might. Uh, I, I need short, yeah. short games with sh- small. The, you know, whatever. Have you ever played Tic Tac Toe? Learning curves. Too difficult. Too difficult. <laughs> too, too, too hard. Uh, Michael Binhock, longtime listener, longtime emailer. Hi, Michael. He says, still alive. Good. Thank goodness. Uh, hey, Murps. It's been a while. I've been, I was busy at work and on another construction site. I haven't had much time to write. But when you talked about the episode uh, in the last episode about Putin, I had to write. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, I was watching on YouTube um, uh, uh, an interview with Julie Ioffe um, from 2017 about the DNC hack, Putin and Ukraine. It was eye-opening. Here's the link. Not going to play it. Uh, look it up. It's called The Putin Files, Julia Ioffe. Uh, one statement of hers was interesting. She said, Russia's hack was like a guy sticking his foot out to bring the popular guy to fall to give him maybe a bloody nose and some scraped knees, but the popular guy did uh, broke his neck instead. Uh, here's a, the complete statement. Um, uh, the popular guy being Hillary Clinton? Uh, no, I think America in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I Actually, who was it? Um, not... Uh, uh, what's his name? Donald Trump. No, one of uh, the Jesus, one Buddha. Of, one of the 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 George Plimpton news anchors went through basically and Cronkite and went through like how from the for the past thirty plus years, uh, Putin has just like every we have appeased him every step of the way. Sure, out of out of fear, out of uh, political uh, cowardice, it's mostly fear, uh, and also. Like, anytime anybody says anything, like, negative towards Russia, the other side will 
lumbast them, you know, or mm-hmm. pillory them or whatever. Right. So, um, and Putin played every moment to his advantage. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I know nothing about politics, um, but I, I'm just <clears throat> parroting what I saw on YouTube. That's good. That's yep. what everybody else does. Yeah. On the lighter side, Michael says, I am a lucky owner of a PS5 and I don't need to pay. Um, oh, I, want, I didn't I need to pay over? scalper prices. When I had two vacations two weeks ago, I, I got selected for a Sony direct store sale and got a hold of one. Mm-hmm. I did play Horizon Forbidden West during my vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, How was it? Uh, 115 hours platinum. I love the game, Michael. Um, did you play Horizon Dawn? No, I don't have a PS anything. Anything? Oh. No, and I I just don't play video games that much. What just, was the last one you played? Well, I played Fortnite that one time, and then the, the, the German teenagers made fun of me, so I stopped What was the it. last one you played with? With, um, with what? Gusto and, and, and passion and, uh, and emotional investment. Emotional investment. I, I don't, uh, I can't remember that. Well, you know, I, we, got a, we got an Oculus uh, thing, and I, I played this one game okay. that I don't well, remember what it's called, but I liked it. So that doesn't help. You're welcome, everybody. I'm not, a, I'm just not a gamer. Was it Project Alex? No? No, it wasn't. I don't, I mean, I, it, was, it was just a, a single, like, you know, situational kind of game. I don't, I don't, I, I don't have time to, to get into, I mean, I, I don't have time to do this podcast. I got to go. Okay, everybody. John just <laughs> left. Wait, don't laugh because oh, sorry. It, uh, I ruined it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn it. I'm not very good. Uh, at this. Michael, great to hear from you, and we're all jealous that you have a PS5. Yeah, we're all jealous. Where does he live? Maybe we go over in Germany. Uh, maybe, maybe we should. Oh, well, we should Do you go not over there. Listen to the show. No, we should go over. <laughs> I don't listen to you, so we should go over there, and we should um, we should do a home invasion, and we should kill him slowly, and then steal his. Uh, PS5. Okay. Don't tell anybody. And make a movie out of it. Anthony. That would be a good movie. Where the, the home invaders want, to, want the PS5. Anthony Charles. That's a twist. Sorry. Are you talking? You're not listening, so it doesn't make a difference, right? No. Dum, um, dum, dum, dum. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anthony Charles writes in, and he says, uh, this video of Ukrainian women, uh, read the subtitles, holy shit. Okay. Anthony, I'm going to watch this uh, video after we're done, mm. but this is a podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could put it in the notes. Subtitles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll add the link in the notes. Maybe he didn't know who he was writing to. Yeah. Uh, have you been following the, the Ukraine Story? invasion? Invasion of Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I part of my Part of one of my jobs is to Pay attention to the news. Which news? I have to pay attention to all of them. So, and how are what do you what are your takeaways as somebody who has to watch a lot of fucking news, god awful news? Um, well, uh, that my takeaway about the uh, Ukraine invasion, the, the coverage, the coverage. Yeah, I don't know. It's all I don't know. It's all it's all terrible. That's it. what's happening is terrible. I, I, are you, are you want to find out what I think about OAN because I think that's full of shit. Well, no, I mean, I, I actually, I haven't been watching a ton of of coverage, and and I know that like, you know, I spent twenty sixteen to twenty twenty just like listening to watching all the cable shit every day, and then just getting burned out on it. 
and well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's it's a little it's a little odd, okay? Because when you when you're watching the news, there's a war going on, right? And they're kind they're telling us there's a war going on, and people are afraid, but there's not a lot of and that the, the Ukrainians are fighting back, but they, there's not a lot of um, actual footage of the war going on. Do we need that? Well, we've had it in other wars. Right. And it just seems like it it it's it's a little uh it's a little strange that way. And when I say I don't think there'd be a, a lot of it, but there's like one picture of a helicopter being shot down by a rocket that was shown over and over again. One Russian helicopter being shot down by one rocket. I saw that a bunch of times. And and I see pictures of 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 uh, Russian uh, lines of Russian tanks going. So so where the battle is happening, we and we see you know a, an apartment building that got hit by a rocket, and then you see rubble, and it's just uh, I mean I I know it's not easy to get pictures of of war, and it has only really been like ten days, but uh, it just seems a little. Uh, like they're not. I it's, it's I don't know. It's early days. It is. It's, it is it's early. really early days. And Volodymyr Zelensky is. Uh, is He's impressive. That guy. Super impressive. But he, he has an improv background, you know, Marty. Yes, and <laughs> he. It's. He's in a bad situation though, and and he's doing all the right things. He's he's uh, charmed the rest of the world, yeah, and, and with good reason. Like yeah, but that is only goes so far against an army of a hundred million when you're a country of forty million. So know? this is what this is uh, this is uh, actually a topic that you've said a bunch of things that have led. Into this topic, okay. are we done with the mail? Because I want to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, we're done with the mail. So thank you guys. Uh, Nooner Podcast at Gmail. So one of my favorite books that I've re- read recently is the Three Body Problem, the trilogy. Yes. By. Get it right. Get it right. Liu. Liu. No. No. Sixteen. No. Sixteen. No. 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 I looked at I looked it up on the internet and I said, "How do you pronounce this?" And they said, "It's actually impossible." Liu Liu Qixin 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 he he wrote these this trilogy Chinese and, writer Chinese way. writer uh, and in this it's a it's unbelievable work of imagination. The problem is that the the, the these three bodies there's these there are these three books the three body problem the dark forest and death's end and the they were it was so popular in China they wanted to ha- get out the English trilogy as fast as possible so they had a really good translator do the three body problem and then this they had better a, get back to Ukraine they had a bad translator do the dark forest yeah. and then they had a good trans the same translator do you mean did, like bad in like government controlled no or, just okay. did it badly okay. it's just hard to read um and so in the dark forest um there is a uh, an alien is coming aliens are coming to invade and the idea of the dark forest that's is the second one right yeah the second one and the idea is that um in the in the galaxy 
aliens uh, basically, and I think I've described this. The planet's already moving, right? Out of the solar system? No, no. Oh. No, it's not a planet. It's, a, it's, okay. it's that's the, the three-body problem is, okay, so, has so, nothing so, to do with the, the okay. story. Sorry, sorry. The dark forest idea is that um, it, if you have uh, an intelligent species and you discover it, the smartest thing to do is destroy it as fast as you can. Because you don't know what their intentions are, you don't know how fast their technology is going to develop. That's what Stephen Hawking basically said. Okay, so he's taken that idea and turned it into uh, an amazing um, uh, uh, work of fiction, and that's just one of the amazing ideas in it. So we, the the humans, have these the Trisolarians who are coming from the three body uh, system, um, and they're coming to uh, destroy us. Um, but we know where they live, and we have this mutually assured destruction um, device that will broadcast their location to the galaxy, which will end up with their civilization being destroyed as well as ours. But when push comes to shove, there's one person who has the ability to do that, and when it comes down to it, they don't do it. They don't push the button and destroy everything. Okay. And and we've had mutually assured destruction with the Soviet Union and now Russia and us keeping us from using nuclear weapons. And um, the question is, if, if Putin is crazy, yeah. but he's also a great poker player, and I think that if he, I think he's going to take a risk with nuclear weapons, and I think we're going to blink. I don't think we're going to respond because what we can respond with will destroy the world. And he doesn't care. And he kind of he's gonna not care. And I think he just he's gonna use nuclear weapons in in Ukraine. And I think we're not gonna respond. And then that's gonna open up a whole can of worms, where he's just gonna keep on doing. Like he's you're you're right. He is he is smart as hell. He's been playing the world like a fiddle. Completely. I mean, I I wouldn't say he's smart. I would say he's a sociopathic opportunist. Yeah. You know. It's I mean, just, I mean, he's very similar to Trump. Yeah. You know? Oh, and that's, of course, why, why Trump likes him. But um, the one thing I, I, the one problem I have with alien, all this alien talk is that we are, are a relatively small planet and we have. Compared to what? Compared to other planets. Okay. Right? Yeah. I'll grant you that. Other okay. Pla- yep. And we are. The only thing unique about us in the solar system is that we have, um, we have life, right? Well, and I live here. We have John Sylvain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, if you want resources, you're not going to come to the planet. You're going to go to the sun, right? You mean alien invasion for our resources? Yeah. Yeah, that's not the... That's not the dark forest analogy. Okay, so why would any other civilization who had amazing technology to travel across galaxies give a shit about us? In 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 this story, or in, no, no. in the real world, in, whatever. It's all conjecture, you know. The the uh, um, I'm asking the, you. Why there is no reason. There's absolutely no reason. And I'll tell you what I, I think really happens in, in the world, the reason we don't have any in aliens the in the universe, why we don't have aliens coming to visit us. First of all, there's a, it's you know, fucking hard. It's hard. It's really hard to get off the planet. It is as hard to get off the planet now as it was in 1969. This is much We use the same fucking 
engine technology. We have slightly better engine technology. <laughs> and back then in 1969, the same fuel. The the uh, the 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 computers that that launched the that were used to figure out the how abacuses. to get the abacuses that were used to 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 figure out how to get the uh, Apollo to the moon yeah. were the size of your house, yeah. and they were. Like a million times less efficient than this cell phone that I have in my hand. Oh, of course. And yeah. even now, this the the chips that they use there because they have to be super shielded. I, I an old friend of mine, you know, worked for JPL. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. they they're like they, this is years ago, but they, he's like, oh, they use Pentiums because the the modern chips, you know, are not rated to handle space. Well, okay, so. So it's it's to get to the moon is is pretty much as hard as it was um, in 1969 for us as it is now because of, it's basically you have to get out of the gravity well, okay. right? And and do you know that for every hour that someone was in space, um, well, a human is in space, it takes angel one died. million hours of 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 uh, effort. That's forty years of effort to get one hour of of space time. It's much. It is cheaper now to get satellites into space for sure. Yeah, but not people. Not okay. So we're not people. People getting off the planet are, is very difficult. And uh, so, but here's the yeah. thing: in 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 thirty years, just based on the way um, a technology has been advancing, in thirty years, do you think it's likely that we'll be able to um, upload our personalities into computers? Uh, I, I have no idea. Do you think it does seem possible though? Right. Sure. I mean, it does seem possible, certainly, that we'll have a completely realized, photorealistic world that we can explore with in virtual reality. Okay. An infinite world so we can explore in virtual reality in 30 years, given that we already basically have this technology and it's at its beginning, right? Okay. So given that, why would you leave the planet when you can actually, you know, you could reduce your, your, your bodily functions down to zero and, and explore... Multiple universes, right? Right. So you're just you're just like consuming alimentary paste, and while you're just like eating steak in the metaverse, yeah, yeah. and exactly, and, and you don't use it to make you know to make energy for computers. No, that's no, dumb. that's the dumbest thing ever. But still, <laughs> you still, know, but they couldn't get sunlight because you know why? We scorched the sky. Oh, we're dicks. <laughs> we're just the worst. We are the worst. But. Okay, so given that we have Scorched so little... Dumbest thing in science fiction ever. We have so little to offer another civilization that has the power to get here. Why would they kill us? Well, why would they kill us? Yeah. In, in in the dark dark forest, they kill us because um, they don't know how what our intentions... Because we're uppity? Yeah. They don't know what our intentions are. Bring us just there's a, there's a There's a communication gap because of the speed of light between any place that's like years long. Right, so they don't know how fast we're going to involve, and they don't know what our intentions are. And you know, in, in this, you know, you figure out faster than light travel. You figure out how to get off the planet. You might come and invade. You might, but, but the, you don't. You, you come can and go you, anywhere else. Like the universe is so huge. Why do we well pay the, attention? The tri-solar, the three-body people live in the, the, around three suns, and they keep on getting um, their civilizations destroyed by <sighs> by. Um, it's really kind of incredible. It's really cool. Mm, I'm bored. Uh, 
the for those of you who don't want to read this bullshit boring fucking book it's coming to netflix very soon alex Wu is uh one of the showrunners. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Let's, Along with the guys who did Game uh, of Thrones. Game of Thrones, Thrones. yes. Uh, Daniel Weiss and uh, David Benioff. Um, yeah, they're they're. Is that right, Benioff? I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But bang off. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it'll be exciting. I think. I, I, oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's the only book I've ever. Read. It goes from the the uh, Cultural Revolution to the end of the universe. Most most. Uh, that's it, I've never read a science fiction book that had that kind of scope. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you can do that, but it might not be interesting. You know? But it is interesting. Oh, There's a, there are new, unbelievable ideas like on every ten pages. Usually, most science fiction books are based on one good idea. Yeah. Okay. So, is that your favorite movie then? That my favorite book. Yeah, book. No, my favorite book is Master and Commander. Oh shit! Two. I I clearly don't listen to the show. No. I really like Infinite Jest too, just to be really pretentious. Um, and I love Gravity's Rainbow, just to be even more pretentious. Humphrey! 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 And War and Peace and Moby Dick. All right. Cool. I understand that those are all... Those are all books? Books. I'll just Can you just send me the links to the YouTube uh, versions of those? Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, well, Alex Wu, he he was a, he was a playwright. Um, yeah, who did stuff at your theater? Yep. Uh, he did one of the funniest thing I things I saw him do was a uh, with someone he went to to grad school with. Allison, I think so. The history of the spit take. History of the spit take. Yeah. Why was that so fucking funny? Uh, because first of all, spit takes are almost as funny as farts. It, almost, almost. <laughs> I should have done the history of the fart. Uh, I'm so dumb. Um, but yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just the two of them just trading. Who is Allison? Allison Narver was uh, the artistic director of uh, Annex Theater. And uh, then she was the artistic director of uh, Empty Space. Those are both up in Seattle. And now she's a freelance uh, director. And um, she was the... Interim, uh, like the production director for uh, Lion King. So after Lion King was directed by, uh, what's her name? Ta- Aunt, whoever directed it. Um, then you Julie know, Tamor. G- Julie Tamor. And then it, as it continued, she she was basically making sure that it was still working. Oh, yeah. all right. Well, that's so great that those and, people and, did. And, and then, and then uh, another friend of mine did that for a while, Dan Fields. And then... Um, and Amina, Amina Kaplan is did that. Oh, really? Yes, they all had the same job. Oh my job. god, that's amazing! And I've never seen the show. <laughs> I've never seen Lion King. That, uh, I got no. tickets for Shelly and my son, yeah. my wife and my son, who's right. Shelly and nameless. Nameless. I'll call her, call her Kia. Yogi. Shit! What? Oh shit! Did I? You just did said his name. Shit. I don't I'm, want to say his name. I'm anymore. the worst. Yo. Uh, what am I Shecky? I'm sorry. Shecky. Shecky. Kia, Kia and Se- Shecky. Kia and Shecky, I'm sorry. Because that's what she drives. She um, drives a Kia Soul. <laughs> Kia Shecky. Uh, all right. That is... Uh, um, is, that, is that in the so, books? Wait, no. I want to know... Okay, you have to explain what the history of the spit take was. No, I can't because I only saw it once and it was a really long time ago. 
Yeah. But the, it was it, she did, they just did various spit takes. Just and they were basically two people facing each other, two feet away, spitting at each other for yeah. seven minutes straight. Yeah. And with a completely deadpan. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And what has Alex Wu done lately? Oh, well, he, he's written a lot of different things. I don't know. I haven't really kept up with his career, but he's he's been a television writer for a while. Yeah. He worked on uh, True Blood. And yeah. Like he worked on True Blood. Let's talk about more. Let, you know, let's, I'm I mean, going to play. It's the, not as much fun without uh, Kruger's Advocate. Kruger to get yeah. I want to so, be the Kruger's uh, Advocate and be like, oh, great. We're hearing about more theater people. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Is something burning? Yeah, yeah. That, that it's been burning for a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Or am I having a stroke again? <laughs> yeah, I smell toast. <laughs> um. All right. So, did you see the Batman? No. Did you? No. Why? Why didn't you see the Batman? I haven't had time. No. That's, I'm really. You, I'm really a busy guy. Yeah, I'm really busy. I'm busy. You're I'm busy. So, I'm so You're busy. You're the busiest guy. Busy. Goodbye. Goodbye. I gotta I, go. I, I, I got things I, to I do. Know. I have to go to bed. All right. I'm um, busy sleeping. Okay. No, I'm gonna go. I definitely gotta go see it. I've I've heard really good things. Uh, I think it's um, it's true to the comic book a little bit more because he's a great detective. Matt Reeves, um, auteur. I I don't know. What else does he do? He did Cloverfield. He did. Who produced Cloverfield? J.J. Uh, Abrams. And J.J. Abrams didn't direct Cloverfield? No. Huh. Did you see that, uh, the other Cloverfield thing with uh, John um, Goodman? Ten, yeah, I love that movie. Was, what's it called? Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I got to see that. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's great. It's it's like, it's, uh, yeah. I love anything that takes place in a bunker. I'm in. Look up Did Colin Furs on YouTube. Colin Furs? Yes. He's okay. he's building in the middle of building a um an underground tunnel from his house to his shed. And it's taking forever. And I'm watching every minute of it. That's uh that's scary. I had a I had a, a childhood friend who died when she was like fourteen, but she was they were they were digging a hole and Oh well, it th- collapsed. This is steel and cement reinforced. Okay, so Good. it's right. it looks pretty badass. Why is he doing that? Because he's a child. Like I mean, he's he's appealing to the inner child of all of us. Great Escape is a great movie. There you go, Charles Bronson. Yeah, just put the put the dirt in your pants. Yeah, let it go. Um, yeah, Matt Reeves is. Um, yeah, he did uh, those. Um, uh, what what you call it? The uh, Planet of the Ape movies. He did what? a cu- couple of those. He wrote oh, War of really? the Planet of the Apes, Cloverfield, I, 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 Let I, Me In. I watched any of those? Really? Where have you been? Oh, you've been busy. Forgot. I've been busy. I I just I mean I I was a little over Planet of the Apes after the TV show back in nineteen seventy four four okay. five uh, all right. five well, six. He did he did work on Felicity. Felicity? Yeah. Yeah. I should. I like the Americans so much. Carrie Russell's brilliant. Brilliant? Is she a genius? Carrie Russell? Yeah. I think she might be. Did you see The Americans? No. Oh, it is so good. It is so good. You know what? I lived it. You did? I'm an American. Oh. All right. Uh, so how do you want to wrap this up, John? It's your show. I just want to see if you have a favorite book. 
book, and then we're gonna stand. Oh, you know what? Like my, my book, um, I I read this book recently by Derek Del Gaudio, but I haven't read. I don't read anymore because I fucking read all day and I write all day, like. Uh, nothing interesting and the last thing I want to do is read. So. I actually uh, don't read very much. I actually listen to books on tape. Oh, so okay. I, yeah. What was the last book on tape you read? read uh, I just finished Bill, Billy Summers by Stephen King. Really good. Um, and then I'm reading the uh, the judges list by Grisham. Oh, okay. So populist shit. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Populist shit. Yeah. yeah. I am going to, next book I'm going to read is going to be Man of La Mancha. Oh. Not Man of La Mancha, Don Quixote, because I've never read it. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'm reading the Heart Sutra by Thich Nhat Hanh, new translation. Oh, my God. I know. Can oh. I be more pretentious? I No, not when you say that. When you say that, it removes your pretension and you just look sad. <laughs> I don't understand how that works. It, you, you know, take my perspective. All right. Um, all right. So uh, what do you want to plug for this week besides um, the... Heart, the new translation of the heart suit. It's not new. Thich Nhat Hanh died. Well, you said you it was a new so, translation. Well, it was new. When oh my God. It. Well, you can't just like shit on me when I'm just quoting what you just said to me. Oh, I actually can because I just did. Ah! Kruger! I need you to shit on me. He's not going to help you. Yeah. What do I have to plug? Yeah. Uh, I don't really have anything to plug. All right. I don't, I mean, except you can still get, you know, you know it. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, uh, um, I just finished a draft of, uh, uh, this. Okay. Well, you have to purchase the, the actual product to get to the, the, uh, the documentation that I'm, I'm going to publish in the next couple of days. But it's secret, isn't it? Well, the product is, yeah, the product is secret, but. If you pay for it, then you can get it. And I'm just oh. saying, you can figure it out. How much does it cost? Uh, it depends on how big your company is. Oh, okay. But let's just say it will stop dictators, you know. Oh, really? Hopefully. That's the, that's, I mean, I'm not going to make promises, but that's... I just saw a little Reddit thread that said, what stories have been, that are incredible, have been swept under the rug? And somebody pointed out, like, three years ago, um, almost all of the United States's personal information that was collected by Equifax was completely hacked. And so all, that's all out there. Uh, and, and, you know, people mention that and I'm like, well, and then what? Well, well, I was just thinking that, you know, what's his name over in Russia? Since he probably has that information, he could list, and, and, and this it was another one, that there was a military-style attack on a power plant that... Uh, um, just like a year ago, where where the these guys came in and they took over a uh, a power station or something mm-hmm. like that and and cut some essential things and basically in the thread it said you know and and it turns out that five five power stations go down then the whole griddle collapse. We we are very fragile, but the other thing is that Putin understands that because. He's equally fragile. Yeah, but we're not willing to go over there and step on their toes the way he's willing to go and step on our toes. That's the thing. Uh, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting because I I really believe that a bunch of cyber shit is going to happen in the next, uh, within the next year. And Mm -hmm. and a lot of attempts are going to be made. Um, 
and the the companies companies with lots of money are well protected to to some degree, and I'm sure that there are vulnerabilities that that uh, have not been identified or but but they have done their due diligence. But there are municipalities, there are local and state governments that have haven't done shit, mm-hmm. and that is where there's going to be stuff that happens and mm-hmm. and likewise in in you know outer parts of russia and and all that stuff the, these places are super vulnerable it's going to be crazy world war three uh yeah but it's going to be subtle and yep in, in the damages but the damages are going to be long lasting mm-hmm. and uh in and, and like I said, I don't know anything about international war or anything like that, but my sense is that this war is going to be drawn out. How long was the Vietnam War? I mean, you were um, an adult back then. <laughs> uh, I I want to say seven years, but I might be wrong. Um, so seven years of... The longest war in history just uh, that we've been involved Afghanistan. in just, just ended. Yeah. So uh, these are long Badly. wars and... Uh, Vietnam back in the 70s 40 million people that's the population of of uh, Ukraine. Ukraine Ukraine is the largest uh, country in Europe so there's a huge amount of land to to um, to cover uh, if you're an invading um, uh, country and you've got an army that does not have a strong will behind it just like our our uh, army in Vietnam and you've got a population who is very polarized, very activated to uh, to fight back. Mm-hmm. And it's and that is and at the same time, the invading country has so much fucking money and firepower. It's it's not going to be pretty. And this is it. It's it's great that to to see that spirit, but I I have a lot of dread and fear about what's going to happen six months from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention. Two years, three years, four years, five years, seven years. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be ugly. Yeah. So that was uh, that's good. So we're gonna end it there. Um, Comedy podcast here on the uh, Smodco Internet Radio Network. Hey! Your face. Gargle, 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 gargle. On that. thank you very much. We just had sex. Yep. We will see. That was great. You next Tuesday. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip.
only at smodcast.com. <laughs>